Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning, Passion Life Church. How are you? This is Rex Crane. Incredibly excited to be with you this morning. Your pastors, Pastor Phil and Val, we want to wish you with them today a wonderful new year. Happy new year to you. You made it to another year. Like Albert Einstein said, there's two ways to look at that, especially after going through 2020, that everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. I try to look at it as everything's a miracle. It's a miracle you made it here, especially when, you know, even over the last six days, over 1 million people have left the planet. And today, if you have a roof over your head, you're in the top 24% of the people in the world. So you have a lot to be grateful for. I'm so happy that you're going to be here and join us here for this time together where we're able to share the word and what God's going to be able to do in your life and through your life this year. I want you to grab a pen. I want you to get ready today to receive something great because it's going to change your life. Psalm 65, 11 says, God crowns this year with his goodness. If you want to know what's on God's mind for you, he's crowned it. He's already set it up with his goodness and his paths, the Bible says, they drip with abundance. That means that God has abundant plans for your good this year. And though that's intended by him, not everyone's going to walk in it, but I believe you're the kind of person that doesn't want to cheat yourself, but wants to come into alignment with God and not live a rerun of last year, but reposition yourself in such a way that you're able to make the most of your time, the most of your moment. Uh, the world likes to look at time through minutes, but God looks at time through moments. And God wants us to be a significant moment in your life where you grow, you advance, you do something with life rather than life does something with you. I'm reminded in 1953, there was a gentleman by the name of Edmund Hillary who attempted and had the ambition and desire in his heart to be the first gentleman to, and first person, excuse me, to climb Mount Everest out of many unsuccessful attempts he had tried and he'd been unsuccessful and fruitful in that venture. He came down and he began to yell at Mount Everest. Kind of silly, his climbing partner said, you realize you're talking to a mountain. He says, yes, I know, but I need to have the conversation. And he said, Everest, today you beat me. Today you've conquered me, but I got a word for you. I will be back. And the truth is you can't get any bigger, but I can and I will. I hope that there's a passion and a desire inside of you that still says I can and I will. Because the scripture says in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, do do not dwell on the past. Don't live in 2020. There's nothing you can do about your past. There's no moment you can relive. There's nothing you can change. You are not your past. Come on, you need to own that for a minute. Come on. The past has been filled with highs and lows. And the Bible says, don't dwell there. Don't settle there. Don't park there. Don't sit there and keep talking about it, reminiscing about it, revisiting it, reliving it, recommunicating about it. The Bible says to don't dwell there. But he says, behold or perceive I'm doing something brand new. We all like new things. We like new gifts. We like shiny things. I don't know about you. I love 
love getting things that are new. But sometimes we're addicted to the regular. We're addicted to the usual. We're addicted to our routine and the common. And if you're not careful, maybe uh, CNN, maybe MSN, maybe Fox has talked to you about, hey, you should expect the worst going into this year. And by all means, if you were to live according to the knowledge of man, the Bible says that you should expect the results of man. But when you live according to the knowledge of God, God is saying, I want to get your hopes up, your expectations up, because I don't know if you've seen this in your life, but I know that God meets me and life meets me at usually the level, not of my pain, not of the level of my need, but at the level of my expectation. And there, I believe that God wants us to expand our expectation by saying to us, don't dwell on the past. The past has happened. And if you have a, if you're suffering, maybe you're haunted by your past. Maybe you feel buried by your past. I want to encourage you today that you can bury your past in the power of the blood of Jesus that has the power to cleanse you from the negative choices, the sin of your past, and to redeem all things and make things new in your life. So now you can make room for the unshakables, the essentials, to make room for the future that he has for you. He says, make room, Isaiah says. Don't dwell in the past, but make room and perceive I'm doing something brand new in your life, and now it will spring forth. I believe that is a word for you. You might have heard that many times, but right now, if you could take off your natural goggles or spiritual natural lenses and begin to see with your spiritual eyes, there are new things that are about to bring forth and come to pass in your life in a glorious way. In 2021, I don't know about you, but as a kid, uh, you know, we I used to play with my daughter, but also as a kid, my parents played with me. They always played that game peekaboo, where you know you close your eyes and you always say peekaboo. Now you see me, and it's amazing that as kids you can remember things for a minute, an object or whatever. But then when uh, you take it out of sight, it comes out of mind, out of sight. I remember that so much playing that as a kid. But it's amazing how we adopt too sometimes spiritual amnesia that we forget the very great things that God's done in our past, which is relevant because it gives us resolve to expect and make room for the great things of our future. There's a reason why, uh, as a metaphor, as a symbol, that when David killed Goliath, he took his armor. If you'll remember, David, uh, they tried on Saul's armor, and he says it doesn't fit. But when he killed Goliath, he took his armor that weighed over 125 pounds, probably about as much as David did, and he would put it in his tent as a symbol to remind himself that if God broke him through and delivered him from that giant, and I believe even times of discouragement, at times of challenge, of times of pain in David's life, he would go back to that symbol and say, God brought me through this. This What I'm facing now is no match because God's been faithful in my past. He's going to be faithful in my present and faithful in my future. I hope that you could take even maybe one symbol out of 2020 and say, I'm going to, dis I'm going to let go of the past. I'm going to relinquish the past, all the negative things, but I'm going to hold on to a symbol that God brought me through something. Come on. God brought me through symbol, something. I have a symbol sometimes that I like to go back to and I look at in my office. It's a, it's a baseball bat. The first hit I got in professional baseball and I hold it there. It's a cracked bat. To most people, it would be worthless, but to me, it has so much value because when I look at it, it was something I was willing to walk away from so I could step in and make room for the
the calling that God had on my life and my future. So I want to say this to you today. You are not 2020. You're, you're not your 2019. You have the ability and the power of the grace of God today to prepare and make room for the new. But to do that, I believe that there's three things you're going to need for you to master 2021, for you to conquer, for you to be courageous, for you to be creative and compassionate so you don't live a rerun, revisiting, retalking, everything about yesterday. And that is number one, you got to get your fire back. Come on. Passionate people are the source of real change. I know we pray and ask God to, hey God, change my mate, change my children, change my boss, change my job. But usually God doesn't change them. He starts by changing you. And that starts with getting your passion back, getting your fire back. In the Old Testament, it's amazing. In Leviticus chapter 6, I know you say, you really went old school on us. Leviticus 6, 8 through 13, the Bible talks about that God wanted in his temple. That was a physical structure they had then. But today, you're his temple. He wanted a perpetual fire that they had to keep a fire going that would be a symbol that God's presence was with them. You know, the Bible says, don't lag in diligence, but be fervent in your heart. I believe God wants every one of us to let him be the priority of 2021 and get our fire back, not just in our dreams and our ambitions or reading Oprah's magazine of what to expect in 2021 or listening to a political report, but going back to your source. When you came forth from God, you were made by him and for him because the scripture says to him and by him are all things. So that's powerful for a minute. You came from him. And when you came out of your mother's womb, you came a passion. You came with a shout. You came with a loud voice, a cry. If you didn't, the doctor spanked your booty to make sure you had some passionate uh, response inside of you. But many times our passionate shout and excitement and response has been reduced to a whisper, a hush. Maybe 2020 got you down on a whisper, a hush, where, man, you feel overwhelmed. You feel discouraged. Maybe you feel dread. Maybe your love's grown cold. Maybe you feel like, man, as a believer, you become disoriented and blinded, and now you're no longer a believing believer. You're just holding on. I believe it's the time where God wants to give you the fire back. This isn't just about you trying to create it by yourself, but reconnecting with God. Let me encourage you. Real life is a, having a relationship with God. You are made for relationship. You were made for passion. If you have purpose without passion, usually you get pain. But when you have passion, when you got fire in your life, something happens. Everything becomes exciting. You see through a different lenses. You take a child that's never been to Disneyland and you tell them they're going to go. There's a passion. There's an excitement. They can't stop talking about it. They can't stop dreaming about it. They can't stop telling everybody that, about, that are around them, whether they're kids or adults, that they're going to Disneyland. God wants to get fire and passion back inside of your spirit. He wants there to be a perpetual fire. Well, how does that happen, Rex? It doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't, it's not accidental. It's very intentional. This is a time to make the choice that God's going to be number one in your life. That my life's about letting God use me for his purposes, not me use him for my own. And I got to, you know, you could have it two ways. You could do it to Frank Sinatra. I did it my own way. Or you could have a God-shaped life this year that's a flourishing tree. Jesus said,
said to his followers, if you would abide in me, to, to connect with me, stay committed to me, connected to me, your life will become fruitful. He didn't say that everything had to be right in the natural, that everything had to be right politically, everything had to be right medically, everything had to be right. No, in fact, when he spoke these words, there was a famine and there was political fighting going on between the Romans and the Jews and the Samaritans and the, and the Israel people. So there was all kinds of things happening. He says, if you abide in me, your life will bring forth much fruit. I believe that God wants a people that are passionate about him. The scripture says, Jesus said the greatest command is to love me with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. I believe God wants you to have a new passion back in your spirit for knowing God, for relating to him, putting the word back in you, making his presence a priority in your life. If you gain this whole world and you lose your soul, what have you gained? If 2020 taught us anything is that without God, life makes no sense. Without God, there's no purpose and life is short. We don't know how long we live, but we do have a choice for how we're going to live. And I want to encourage you as you start this new year that I'm going to let the altar of my heart become full of the presence of God, that it's going to become my priority, that daily I'm going to make a God habit where I'm going to read his word. I'm going to feed upon him because you can only have as much faith as you have word inside you. Come on. And you begin to worship him. Some of you are going to get your song back. You're going to get your energy back. You're going to get your love back because you're going to hang out with God who is love. You're going to become more merciful. Come on. You choose to be as close to God as you want to be. Let me say that. Right now, you're as close to God as you want to be. He is the source of your fruitfulness. He is the source of your healing. He is the source of your provision. It doesn't make a matter about a, a boss. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you came from. Look at Joseph. Joseph was sold. He was naked. He was stripped. He didn't have an education. He didn't know the language or where he was, but the scripture says God was with him. When you are have an altar of your heart that has the fire of God's presence, you can know every day, Emmanuel, God is with me. And when God is with you, he will make, just as he did for Joseph, he will make you successful. And I believe that's in every area of your life. It doesn't matter on the economy. It doesn't matter on the tax brackets. When you have the favor and the presence of God, because you've decided to seek first the kingdom, not seek first things and security, but seek for significance. Come on. And you put the presence of God as your number one objective. That God, I want your presence. And maybe today you need to repair that altar. I know Abraham in the Bible, he was going to build an altar to God. And it said all these ravenous birds came to try to devour what he was trying to put on the altar. And when he did, he drove those enemies, those enemy birds, those, those flesh-eating birds away. Those sacrifice-eating birds. I don't know what's trying to eat the sacrifice of steal your sacrifice. Some of you need to offer your heart again. Offer your mind. Come on. Offer your thinking to God again. Offer your body as a living sacrifice to God. Offer your finances to God and put him back number one. Because when God is number one, he says, all these things that you want and you need, come on, will be added unto you and you will taste and see that the Lord is good. But then when you have fire, now I got to get back my focus. The word focus is amazing. It means burning place or hearth. 
It means the place where fire emerges out of. I don't know about you, the most potent people that I've seen, I've coached, and I, I get the privilege of coaching on a weekly basis, um, billion dollar corporations, it's the truth. And I have uh, right now three of them. <laughs> I have three all in one, it's amazing. But what I find is they're only potent where they are focused in their life. For this year to be different than that, I need to choose my focus to be able to clarify my day, to win my day, and to be dominant. I want to challenge you that you just don't keep hitting the snooze button, hoping things are going to get better because just you pray. I believe that if you want a supernatural life, that if you want God's super, then you got to do your natural. And that means the scripture says that the mind of a man plans his way, Proverbs 69, then God will direct his steps. Listen to these words out of the Amplified Bible I think you'd find interesting. Ephesians 5, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposely, worthily, accurately. Not as unwise and witless, but as wise. Making the most of your time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. I want to really challenge you for a minute that you got to be able to choose your focus. What deserves you this year? You only have so much time, so much energy. What are you going to give yourself to? And when you ask yourself that question, I know that there's areas in your life that you're going to have to prune back. They're not going to happen just because you want it to be. You're going to have to become a little bit like a surgeon, being willing to cut away certain things so you can maximize other things and you don't dilute your power and dilute your influence. I've used this example before, I think speaking at the church here, that if you took the sun and you just let the sun beat down on a can, like say a Coke can, it will get warm if it's outside. But it won't do much more than just warm the can. But if I magnify its influence through a magnifying glass, it could set that can on fire. If you want your life to have maximum impact, maximum focus, uh, this year, I'm going to have to maximize my focus. I learned, need to learn to sense what's vital of real value. I remember Jesus honored uh, when Mary and Martha were at, Jesus went to their house for a meal with Lazarus in Luke chapter 10. Jesus said Martha was all anxious and worried. Sounds like most of our family members. That sounds like a lot of people in our world today. It says, Martha, Martha, you're worried about so many different things, but Mary has chosen the best thing that won't be taken apart from her. What do you need to choose right now to say yes to? And what do you need to choose to say no to? I might need to cut out sweets. I might need to cut out spending, binging so much time on social media. I might need to binge out uh, or sorry, say no to hanging out with people that are negative, that are always talking politics, that are always talking what's negative with the news. Maybe I need to get around people and a culture and a community like we have at Passion Life Church where people will build me up because when we assemble together and when we unify together that we achieve more, we have better health, we have better strength, we bounce back from disappointments. Much, much quicker psychology shows us there's power in numbers. But to do that, I got to decide what's worthy of my attention. When I get up in the morning, if you don't have a plan, you're going to fall into everybody else's and live in states of emergency where you just respond and react all day long. That will leave you unfulfilled. That will leave your life feeling flat. Like you, you just kind of flatline. You don't want that in your life. You want to be able to make the most because desire accomplished, the Bible says, it's sweet to your soul. So I need to sense here for a minute. Okay, what are, what are the most important things? If there were... Um, Three things this year that are the most important for me to focus on, what are those things? 
And if I was to ask you right underneath those three things, what are three power steps, three power outputs that will allow you to close the gap on those three things from where you are to where you want to go? And every day taking one action towards those things because nothing's going to change till you do. Nothing's going to shift till you decide to get radical and take action. But I got to be able to find my focus. Distraction is your enemy. Come on. Don't leave an option for opti. Don't leave yourself a, an option that I can just opt out of this. Choose your focus. Come on. Because what you choose your focus, you're choosing what will dominate your mind, your time, your energy. If not, the enemy's going to feed all kinds of ideas for you that's going to knock you off your priority pathway. You will have lines tigers and bears on your yellow brick road but I got to be able to be committed to where I'm going to go without a vision people perish maybe for other people you need to ask yourself to focus on what kind of person am I going to become this year am I going to become more loving am I going to become more kind am I committed to becoming more of a generous person a healthy person uh, a person that is more creative choose your focus and you're choosing your future your inability to choose your focus when I mean choose it man command it you got to be able to say this is what I'm committed to do put it to somewhere where you can see it write it down put it on your screen of your phone put it on somewhere where you can visualize it every single day it will create momentum that's why the scripture says in Habakkuk 2 write the vision down so that you may run when you read it. First Corinthians 9 says, so you can strip away every weight and encumbrance, letting side other things go so you can run your race successfully. I think we need some new blinders on and we need to have some wisdom of knowing what to ignore and some focus of what we need to ignite. But once you got fire, you got passion. Now you get purpose because you got some focus in your life. But then all of a sudden I have to have faith. I don't know about you, faith is the missing ingredient because you can't have a supernatural life without faith. It's constantly, Bible says, your faith has made you whole. Your faith produced that miracle. If you have faith, you could see mountains removed. A life without faith is a life without risk. It's stationary. It's bored. It's a life that's defeated. It's a life that's overcome by feeling and by what you see and by what circumstances is. It says the ancients people of old in Hebrews 11, they were commended because of their faith. Their faith transformed negative experiences and they became powerful out of them. They obtained what was promised and destined for their life. I know that's what you want out of your life. You want it to count. You want it to matter. And to do that, it's going to be the, the ingredient of faith. Matthew 8. There was a centurion. He came to Jesus and he said, Lord, I want you to pray and help my servant. He's paralyzed right now and he can't move and he's tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the, and the, the centurion said, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you should come under my roof, but just speak the word and my servant will be healed. I'm a man also under authority. I say to this one, go and he goes to my servant, do this and he does this. And Jesus marveled and says, I have not found such great faith. Not not even in Israel. He says, many will come sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Then he goes on to say, go your way as you have believed or used your faith, so let it be done for you. 
Faith for you must be turned loose this year. There was a, there's, a, there's an old saying, there's an ancient saying that says, you can't live by sight and live by faith. You can't live by feeling and live by faith. You can't live by senses and live by faith. If we're taught anything in 2020 is that we can't afford to just live by the way we feel. We must decide that we are going to live by the word of God. Jesus said that faith comes as you hear God's word. I want to challenge you this year that you got to be able to, when you read the word, read the word of God out loud. Let faith come into your heart because faith is the only weapon you have against things that are seen and things that are heard and things that are felt. Many things you see, many things you hear and feel, they're actual lies because they don't line up with the word of God. And Bible says you can't walk with God unless you agree with him. His word. Come on. I don't want you to have a superficial life this year. I want you to have a supernatural life this year. And to do that, you got to do a good agreement with the word of God. Your beliefs and your faith affect everything. Let me say this. Your beliefs and your faith, they either conform you to what is or transform you. While your capability is constant, how much of it used depends on your faith. Come on. Faith demands you take some risk, that you're willing to make a move. I like what 2 Corinthians 4 4 says, it says in 18, we don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Therefore, faith comes from the unseen. He says, we don't look at things that are seen, things that are unseen, but things that are seen are temporary. They're just for a season. Some of you are battling financial challenges. Some of you are battling right now physical challenges in your health. Some of you are battling, battling relational challenges that, man, we have a strained relationship, strained marriage, or maybe we're separated right now, or maybe I'm in love with somebody, but it's been so tough through the season to see them and connect with them. He says, the things that are seen are temporary, but what's unseen is everlasting and eternal. We are to regulate our lives, to take control of our lives by faith and not by what's sight or appearance or what's just for a moment. I want to challenge you that you get a new sight of faith. How do you do that? By getting into the word. The entrance of God's word, it gives light. It gives illumination. It gives vision so you can see beyond the circumstance, see beyond where you are. You can see who you can become. And I want to wake up some mighty men and women. Maybe you've been sleeping in the cocoon of obscurity. Maybe the COVID knocked you the dream out of you, talk the belief out of you, that you were the righteousness of God. I believe that God wants to stir things up inside of you where you use your faith again, where you take it off the shelf, where you dust it, where you know it, say, hey, I am the righteousness of God. I do live by faith and not by sight. I recover by faith. I enjoy my life by faith. I have peace with God, myself and other people without faith. And by faith, I will obtain a good report. I'm going to begin to believe again. When you get in the word, you begin to see yourself different. Come on. You have changed your lenses from the way you see or what other people have described you or what your bank account says. And you begin to see yourself through the way God sees you. How does God sees you today? You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the fruit of your body that by Jesus stripes you're healed. If you'll get a vision for it, it'll become a reality in your body that you're blessed and he takes pleasure in the prosperity of your life. He has a vision for you that you'll have peace with yourself this year. He has vision for you that he can heal every wound in your heart. He can restore health and wholeness and soundness to every area that's out of order, that might be in disorder. He has a vision for you that he wants a power surge where there's been a power outage. Come on. 
but you got to be more than a sight. It's got to get into some speech. The Bible says we have the same spirit of faith. The woman with the issue of blood, as she crawled, she kept saying in Mark chapter 5, 25 to 34, if I just touch Jesus, I shall be healed. When I touch Jesus, I'm going to be healed. When I touch Jesus, people were throwing rocks, no doubt. They were telling her she was unclean. Stay away from her. She's an outcast. She's dirty. She's a sinner. She's wicked. They were throwing stones at her. But she kept saying, come on, 85% of what you feel right now, your emotional life, is directly responded to what you keep saying. Your mouth either reveals victory or defeat. Never let the devil feel that he's going to win this year by the words that are coming in your mouth. I want to challenge you, like 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, to have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. Be like David and say, hey, through the, through the grace and the glory of God, I knocked out a bear, I knocked out a lion, come on, I'm going to knock out this giant. You might say, I knocked out depression, I knocked out addiction, I knocked out cancer, I knocked out diabetes, I knocked out COVID. What's this mountain that stands in my way? I speak to it and command it to be removed. Someone's got to get some faith back inside of your language. In fact, your faith only rises to the level of your speech and your confession. The Bible says the word of faith is near you in your mouth. Come on. Nothing's going to happen until you begin to declare it. When it was dark outside and there was no light and sun, darkness and things were void and empty in Genesis chapter 1, the beginning of creation, it says the Spirit of God began to move. And I believe that's happening today. He's beginning to move on your heart, your mind, and your life. And you're going to become the prophetess, the prophet, the forecaster, the predictor to your own life, your future, and, and your family. And you're going to begin to declare. Jesus said, light be, let there be light. Some of you need to stand up and say, let healing be, let peace be in my home. Let prosperity be on my path. The favor of God's on my life. I am the righteousness of God. I resist the enemy. Devil, leave my home. Leave my body. Leave my emotions. Spirit of fear, you got to go because I have a spirit of faith, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind because Jesus gave it to me. I don't belong to you. I'm bought with a price. Some of you are going to begin to care. My kids are going to come home. Come on. I believe that's what the prodigal father kept saying. My son's coming home. My son's coming home. That's why he prepared a fatted calf. And he always prepared. He was anticipating. Some of you got to go from anxiety to anticipation. And you do that, begin to declare in faith. Things are changing in my favor. God's going to bring promotion and provision. Yeah, it might not be the natural time, but a supernatural time is upon you. Psalm 102.13 says, the set time to favor you has come. I want to prophesy and declare over you in 2021. It might not be the natural time. It might not be the right time because so much of COVID, so much of fear mongering, so much of vaccination knowledge, so much of political unrest, so much of race wars. There's an antichrist trying to talk you out of the spirit of Jesus that's inside you. But I believe that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And as it was upon Jesus in the church, I declare to you that today the set time for God's favor is released. I I believe right now that bodies are being healed. I believe right now that the spirits of torment that have haunted you and tormented you, I command those things to go. I speak to your body and I command it to be healed in the name of Jesus and that the life of God would manifest in your body. I speak to your emotions and I speak peace over your mind, peace over your emotions. I command your soul to be restored and wholeness to come, then I declare the word of God that you are redeemed in peace 
from the storm and from the attack that's been against you. I speak to your finances that you're blessed in your storehouse. I declare because you put the Lord first and you're a tither, you're a giver, that the Bible says that the Lord shall rebuke the devourer for your sake. Come on. I declare that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of your life. I declare, I declare over your life that you prosper in all things and are in health and that God is releasing over you the ability to create wealth and the investment and opportunities for promotions and increase that expenses will decrease and, and finances will increase in your life. I believe this is a year of the favor of the Lord to blow into your life incredible provision. You say, Rex, don't you know what's going on? We don't even have, we're not sure the next president is. Yeah, I know all that. But the Bible says, do not remember the former things to make room for what God's doing. If you could see right now in the invisible realm, that's what Elisha prayed for Gehazi. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. I pray that the Holy Spirit would open your spiritual eyes to see that God is making a way for you where there isn't a way. That God is opening up opportunity. That God has anointed you and the enemy will not outwit you. The spirit of the world will not corrupt you because you are going to cultivate your fire of the altar of your heart. You're going to give your heart back to the Lord again. Say, Jesus, I dedicate 2021. I give you my heart. I give you my body. I give you my mind. I give you my emotions. I give you my finances. I give you, I put you first. I give you the altar of my heart. Come on. You can't resist the enemy when you don't submit to God. If you want the enemy to flee, first submit to God. Lord, just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I give you 2020 and my past. I put it under the blood of Jesus. And I thank you. I thank you for forgiveness and that your mercy is new today for creating me a clean heart, making things new, come in my life anew and afresh. Fill me with your spirit and fill the altar of my heart with fresh fire and passion. Passion to serve you, passion to love you, passion that passion be and fire be amplified in my heart. Then say, Holy Spirit, give me focus. Show me what to ignore. Show me what to say yes to. Show me and give me wisdom to the decisions to make so I can plan effectively, but also show me what to cut out of my life, to prune out of my life by your grace. Come on. You have the power of the Holy Spirit and self-discipline. And Lord, I'm going to release my faith. I'm going to get the word of God in me. I'm going to go get some promises that I'm believing. I'm going to begin to see those things come to pass. Speak those things like Joshua and Joshua 8. The word of God will not depart out of your mouth. Observe it by speaking it and it will come to pass. Come on, it's about to come to pass. These next nine months, you might have a couple months of craziness in the world, but the Spirit of God and the favor of the Lord's about to lift you on hot top. As Psalm 4, 1 says, God is enlarging you in your place right now of even affliction and distress. Things are changing in your favor. And I prophesy to you that you're about to become the greatest version of yourself. You are not your past. We're bearing that today in the blood of Jesus and the Spirit of God and his righteousness in you is restoring dominion to you where you've known defeat. Thank you today for joining us. Before we go on this broadcast and this time together, and we're soon going to be together, so stay tuned on that. I want to encourage you that you're going to put the Lord first this year. And today we're going to start. We are going to take a moment and worship the Lord as Abraham did, as 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 so many people in the scriptures, by giving of our tithes and offerings. You say the same thing? No. Your tithe is your 10%. 
10% of your earnings. It's a place where you're going to trust God and come into agreement and partnership with the Lord. The Bible says when you bring your tithe that God will, God will, not might, not, not maybe, He will, come on, He will rebuke the devourer. If you will test God in this, prove Him out in this, He says prove me in this, the only place in the Bible, that He will rebuke the devourer, He will open for you windows of heaven and pour you out so much blessing there's not enough room to contain. And then an offering is what you sow on top and what you sow seed. You know it's easy when things are challenging to become tight, to become I don't want to be generous because what if, what if. Don't let what if, which really is the language of fear, talk you out of using your faith. Today I want you to put your calling before your comfort. I want you to place a demand on the priority where you're growing spiritually in this house. Bring food in my house, God says. Honor the Lord the first fruits of your income. What a better way to start the year than this. We're going to get into an incredible series in the days to come. Uh, and then the next week, I can't wait because Pastor Phil's told me a little bit about what's coming. But I'm excited. But today, I want you to go on below and I want you to log in and I want you to become a tither. Make that be a model this year. I'm going to become a partner with God. Give God a year of your life with your resources and watch him defeat your demons, defy your odds, and delight you with what money can buy and what it can't buy. Supernatural raises and increase await your obedience to the Word of God. Take this moment as you do, pray over it. My wife, my daughter, and I, when we tithe, we pray over God. This is 10%. This is the sweat that we've worked hard to obtain, but at the same time you've given us the grace to do it, we give 10% back to you. And then on top of it, we're going to sow a seed of offering because you said in your Word you would multiply the seed we sow. God gives seed, financial resources to him that gives. So today, if you want increase in your life to say, you know what? This year I'm going to become more generous than I've ever become. I'm not looking for man. I'm giving into the work of God and what God sees in the dark, he will reward in the light. Thank you for the privilege of letting me be with you today. This week, Come on, get that fire back. Monday through, all the way, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, till we meet again next Sunday. The God habit. Start your day in the presence of God, the Word of God. Pray, come on, ask God to touch you, your family members. Live with focus. What are two things I need to do every single day that will be meaningful, that will be aggressively move things forward, and how can I use my faith today? I'm going to see through eyes of faith. I'm going to speak words of faith. Come on, and I'm going to act like God's Word are coming to pass in my life. Have an amazing day. God bless you.